Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Almost messed it up. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, the preseason is over. I couldn't be happier because that means real football is here. Uh, we made it, buddy. Yeah, I mean, really, I was thinking about it. This is our last podcast to talk about the preseason, to talk about oh, the offseason. All the podcasts after this are going to be about regular season football. So, uh, I mean, it's great because the, the preseason game I watched last night was pretty atrocious. <laughs> I mean, it's getting worse and worse. It's barely every football. Year I, it's barely football. You know, I, it's it's barely even practice because it's so sloppy. It's there's so little you can take away from it. There's so few players who are actually going to make the roster yeah. that are playing in that game. But uh, we're going to discuss it anyway. So coming up on today's show, let's talk about that preseason game, the Cowboys. Uh, Played a, a pretty sloppy game last night to Tampa Bay, um, but there was some takeaways from it. There was a couple guys that I thought stood out, and let's go ahead and start there. Uh, my biggest takeaway from that game is Donovan Wilson is a playmaker. <laughs> We've talked about him every single uh, every single week on this podcast, but it's becoming abundantly clear that I'm not sure the Cowboys can keep him off the field in 2019. Even as a six-round pick, it seems like there's going to be some situations and some packages where he's on the field. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a fan of his like since we started watching his tape. I mean, clearly what they saw was a guy... I, I think, you know, going back and looking, what they saw was a, the hope that this guy could go back and play, could turn back the clock at some point and play like he did his sophomore year in college. And um, and I think that that's closer to the player that he is, clearly, just based on what we've seen. I mean, he he's uh, constantly around the ball, and this isn't just in preseason. We've seen it um, in, in training camp as well. He's constantly making plays. He's finishing plays. I mean, that's that's the thing too. Is that I mean, how many times have you seen guys get there and on the ball and make make a play, but not make the play? You know, that's a great point. And, it really, because he's making every he's converting every single one. Yeah, he is. He's he's getting his hands on it. He's making the catch. You know, the the that catch along the sideline on that interception was that was wide receiver like being both feet down as a rookie. Defensive back having the wherewithal to get both feet down. You know, think about that because they're used to having only to get one foot down, and they're not. That's not a wide receiver who's being drilled every single day. Hey, two feet down. This is a deep defensive sure. back. So I mean, I think you know somebody said it best. I, I think the thing that's going to get him on the field quickly is not what we thought, which is that he is a good operator along the line of scrimmage, which he is. That is, that is his strength, yep. as, for sure. What's going to get him on the field is that he can also pl- he can also play in the back end. I mean, he, he showed the ability to do a lot of that. We've seen it uh, with some of his interceptions. He's played. He's gotten one off of man high. He got one off of split safety from, a, from cover two. Um, you know, this is a guy who I think is ready to fill in the role of Playing the opposite safety off of uh, Xavier Woods, which I think is important because I agree, you, know. you don't just want Xavier Woods 
just playing the single safety high. You you no, want we see, we've seen him a lot around the line of scrimmage as a linebacker. He, he a plays robber. That role well. I want him. I want yeah. Woods playing a lot of different robber coverages where he's roaming the, the kind of shallow middle of the field too. I, I think Absolutely. you know. Look, the, the, we talked about versatility uh, uh, and, and how it's important. I think that that's why Heath wanted and when they wanted Heath to win that job is because he, you know he is capable of doing all that. The problem is, is that he doesn't excel in the box. Like that may be the, the weakest part of his game. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's it, the opposite is true with with Wilson, where he 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 can do all the things to a certain degree as well, or at least he's getting there where he can. But but he actually excels operating in the box. His tackle. Tackling, uh, you know, he he has that Leighton Vander Esch tackle, right? He's got these. Yeah, lo- but he's also got some power to him. Like you saw it on the special teams tackle last yeah. night. Like he laid well, that guy it's, out. It's because what he does is that he he lund- just like Leighton, he's got really long arms. So he fires his body into your hip area and then just right. envelops right. you with those long arms so you can't escape. You know, and then he's already kind of at his knees. When he gets when he makes contact, he, he makes contact low and then he kind of like Wrangler style, like almost you know sp- you know sp- spills you down. So uh, it, it's it's very effective and it's he's a very very solid tackler and it's it's physical. I know this is a little too optimistic, but wouldn't the best case scenario for the Cowboys defense to be having Donovan Wilson as that other starting safety and then kind of sliding Heath back into the third safety spot where, I mean, we've talked about it on the show a bunch. We think Heath is the ideal third safety because he can give you the versatility to move all over the field and then put him kind of back into a core special teamer role where, you know, all of a sudden I like that trio of safeties so much better than what they've had previously, right? Yeah, I mean, again, we've kind of been saying this all along is that we don't hate Heath. We just think he should be the third safety and that we needed another guy in there uh, right. to kind of felt balance that that lineup if Wilson could be that guy sooner rather than later that's fantastic I mean I think it, it's really just about getting him up to speed but clearly he's got a knack for the ball uh, he's got the ability to kind of process everything uh, let's just see if he can find his way onto the field sooner than later uh, I, I know there's you know we don't always put our faith into pro football focus grades but it is interesting to note that Donovan Wilson wasn't just the highest-graded safety in the preseason, wasn't just the highest-graded rookie in the preseason. He was Pro Football Focus's highest-graded player of all teams to the four preseason games. Uh, I think he had a final grade of 96. Uh, they said they've never had a, a, a rookie safety have that kind of grade ever in their in their. Um, all the years of tracking this stuff. We'll see how much it matters. I mean, obviously, as, these games are... As far as the preseason goes, he was the defensive MVP for the entire league. No, according not to even PFF. just defense. Just in the league, the highest That's graded what I'm saying. player That's in what the league. The yeah. high, uh, the high, well, not even defense, you're right. The highest graded uh, individual yeah. player in the entire league in the preseason, according to PFF. And the Cowboys got him in the sixth round. I mean, it's just unbelievable. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit more about the preseason game. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. 
Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free. When you use our special promo code LOCKEDON, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free right now. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Landon, on offense, it was kind of a sloppy night. A lot of Mike White, a little bit of Jordan Chun. Uh, was there anything... Did anything stand out to you? I mean, I was watching the offensive line, and uh, that group was pretty bad. Jake Campos and Mitch Hyatt, those guys really struggled at tackle. Uh, any takeaways for you on offense? Uh, yeah, I mean, Mitch Hyatt is is not a – and, and Campos are not uh, NFL football players, at least right. It's unfortunate, too, because there was a lot of hype coming out for Hyatt, you know, coming out of Clemson, being not All-American, but – it's pretty clear that he's not going to have a spot in the league. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm just... I shouldn't say that, though, because there's teams with worse offensive lines in Dallas, and you never know. I Listen, I didn't think Dan Skipper was anything when he was here with the Cowboys, and he's been on, like, three or four different teams right now, so I, I, I have no idea. I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna give all those uh, leggy, tall guys all the chances they want to play tackle, even if they're terrible. Uh, you know, I, I just think that offensively, you know, we saw uh, some good things from the guys that we expected that uh, that we hoped we would see. You know, from Devin Smith uh, making plays, Cedric Wilson. He looks making, more athletic, doesn't he? It's, it's just that he looks one, different. Right? I mean, like I said, I mean, I think I told you before. You know, I mean, we like early on in the preseason, he didn't look athletic. Like he didn't look. No. He didn't look like he was. Uh, he wasn't trusting you know? his body. It's like it's 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 so I, I I think what's happened is that he's gotten comfortable in his body and then that's unlocked a certain amount of his athleticism. Um and he's and now he's looking more and more like the player that got drafted in the second round uh of you know the, the draft a few years back as opposed to the guy that has been out of football for so a, a, a number of years. So Right. Yeah, I just think for him, it's about his own journey back into his his body, and and the results of that. And for some of these other guys, like Cedric Wilson, you know, he didn't really do enough to kind of blow everyone away to the point where he's like coming in here and like he. I I, I think he might make the team. I, I think I have him on my roster, but he didn't like secure a spot last night necessarily. I don't think. Right. Uh, I think Devin Smith. I mean, if he wasn't a lock on the team before, definitely is. I, and I kind of feel like you know, I feel like Devin Smith and Donovan Wilson, a couple of those guys who played last night, were already locks for the team, but they had to fill out the team. Yeah, I, I thought, I really thought that Devin Smith looks good. I mean, I think you can find a role for him on the offense pretty quickly because I just don't think there's anybody. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's nobody in the wide receiver room, maybe other than Tavon that has that kind of start-stop speed. I think there was a play where he caught, you know, I think it was a slant or something, kind of got up the field really quickly, and it's just something we haven't seen from him very often. Wait, real quick, can we uh, talk about that play? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that was mesh that we saw. 
Or maybe, maybe it was. Yes, that's what no, it no, was. No, but, but, is... but, but I'm, po- I'm pointing that out because that's not we a play that, that we no. have seen this team run no. before. Like that's a that's a a, a, a running gun concept. That's a, a, a you know a a kind of a, what do you call it air raid concept. So yeah. uh, I thought that was interesting. Kellen that we, Moore opening. Up I thought in that the was interesting that we saw that. I, I I tried to get Joey to check it last night, but I never got a second look on it. it I'm going to go back it and was. look. But right. yeah, I mean it it that's unusual. I would say. All right, let's talk a little bit about the 53-man roster. The Cowboys have to cut down by 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Uh, I'm you know, kind of assuming once you guys hear this podcast, the Cowboys will have kind of already released a bunch of players. Um, but did anything change on your 53-man roster last night, Landon, after, after watching this game? I made one change. Um, really? Yes, I did. Um, I changed out Ricky Walker uh, with Daniel Wise. Okay, that's good. I forgot about him. We need we need to talk a little bit about Daniel Wise yes. because that was a pre-draft favorite of both of ours, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think we both were fans of Daniel Wise. We loved it when the Cowboys signed him as a UDFA. Last night, I thought he was fantastic. The play, the first sack that he made, kind of beating the tackle, then jumping around the running back to make the sack, uh, that was incredible. And he was playing defensive end there. We kind of thought that his best f- spot in the NFL might be as a defensive tackle. But him as a defensive end is interesting to me. What do you what do you think of Wise's performance? Well, I mean, I think that's what was. It's not even just that it was, it was impressive. I think that was the point: is that it was at defensive end. And to me, if he's the thing that really kind of pulled my eye is that he had this. It, it was he had this incredible game at defensive end. It wasn't even just like. Uh, oh, he, he survived a defense. He was dominant. And now part of that is that I think uh, Tampa Bay's tackles are just absolutely terrible. Uh, or I mean, or were at least bad. last night. Um, yeah, they're pretty bad. They're pre- but I think the starters are pretty bad too. Um, yeah, that's true. I, you know, I, I, I think that that kind of inside-outside helpfulness, I mean, now you've got – if you keep Wise as opposed to Walker there, uh, now you've got four defensive tackles. Um, and mm-hmm. f- four guys who can easily play inside or outside. And Daniel Wise, Joe, I still have Joe Jackson, I have Kerry Hyder, and obviously Tyron Crawford. Now, four guys who can give you solid snaps inside and out. That's incredibly useful, man. Like, you know, I, I think as long especially if you have the requisite defensive tackle depth already built in, like having those that number of inside outside guys in the bottom of your roster, uh, it just allows you to do so much. Uh, so I, 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 that's why I and I, I think it, it came down to Walker Wise, and to me it's like, what's I just think Wise is going to do more for your team at the end of the day, uh, and and potentially even in in, a, in the capacity of some special teams. So I, I just think that there's more use in having another inside-outside guy as opposed to a developmental down-roster three-technique. I, I agree. I, I love Daniel Weiss, man. I, I really feel like I really feel like he can he can make a you know make some splashes. I mean, we saw it last night. It, I know the athleticism isn't great, but he just finds a way to be productive. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the linebackers really quickly. Uh, Justin Phillips, I, I know he's probably not going to be able to make this team because there's just so much depth, but I, I was impressed by what he did. I mean, he can really run to the ball. I think he opened the game with, like, three straight tackles. I, 
Listen, I, I think he probably will get to the practice squad, but will it shock me if another team kind of grabs him and you know stashes him? No, because I think I think he's shown enough to kind of stick around. Uh, I just wanted to kind of point him out. Um, so before we go, Landon, let's kind of run through our thoughts on the 53-man roster. We have basically the same 53. Um, we'll we'll go through it really quickly. Just. After every position, give me a little comment or two of what you think about the unit. Yeah. Uh, I think we both have Dak and Cooper Rush, only two quarterbacks. Uh, would you sign Mike White to the practice squad? Uh, no, I'd probably – I think I'm, I'm done. I, I, I think yeah, maybe I, I'd, I I'd go with uh, the other kid that was good last night, five. Okay. Um, what about at running back? Name? Christian, yeah. yep. Uh, at running back, uh, I have Tony Pollard, Jordan Chun, Alfred Morris, and Ola Wally. I think the only difference for you is you still kind of believe Zeke is going to be back for week one, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. I think I, th- so, I think he's going to get signed, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's the only difference there is you think Zeke's going to be back. Other than that, I have Alfred. Um, at tight end. I, by the way, have, just, just so we're clear, I, I do too. I mean, we both agree that if Zeke is not there, that Alfred it, will be on Alfred. the team. Yeah. 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 Which – it's interesting that it's Jordan Chun that's the winner out of Mike Weber and uh, Darius Jackson because, um, you know, Cowboys obviously spent a pick on Mike Weber. They spent a pick on Darius Jackson a couple of years ago, and it's Jordan Chun that's going to come out uh, probably making this team. Well, again, uh, Chun, it has everything to do with what our picks are at wide receiver to me because you're going to have so many of these wide receivers that aren't going to be able to like to play a bunch of special teams so right right but yeah and we'll get there a, we'll, we'll get there yeah. uh, at tight end uh jason witten blake jarwin dalton schultz uh no real competitions there i, I kind of like marcus lucas yeah. if he's a guy that can make the practice squad i hope he makes uh, it not somewhere. A, not a 53 man yeah roster yeah, guy, yeah, yeah all right moving on to receiver uh we've got the same six we've got amari cooper michael gallup randall cobb Tavon Austin, I was still kind of hoping Tavon was going to beat out Cobb for that number three receiver, but I digress. Uh, Devin Smith, Cedric Wilson, and then we both have Noah Brown on PUP. Uh, any thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that last night just kind of confirmed that. I mean, we'll see. The only thing there is that Wilson may be a guy that maybe they try to find a replacement for, but I, I thought that Wilson was good enough that let's just keep him. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. If the Cowboys do decide to replace Wilson with another receiver, what type of receiver would you look for them to kind of grab? Hmm. I mean, prob- maybe another guy who, uh, honestly, uh, can give them some special teams prowess. I mean, I, I just don't know that, like, you know, like maybe they, fi- maybe they find someone that they think can replace Noah Brown at some point and then see how it works out by the time Brown gets back. It's too bad they didn't have, like, a um, Alan Hearns type to be their fifth receiver. That, that would be nice right there, right? Yeah, it would. It was <laughs> – no. It's, I clearly – look, I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm at this point, I understand now. Like, I mean, Hearns had no spot here. Like, No, he really did, so, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. And he's, I, I still I think he's the a dude. good player. I, I want him to b- go play football somewhere, but I, I just think there's a lot of talent at this wide receiver core, it feels like. I agree. Um and we think on the practice squad, probably John Vea Johnson and Jalen Guyton, most likely. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Okay. You hope we get both those guys. Yeah, I, 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 John Vea, you may be able happen. to put on a list somewhere. I mean, I don't know how serious his shoulder is. Maybe just IR him. Like, but you have and to carry him. Yeah, yeah. But well, see, the, here's the thing, though. I would, I know people were talking about that as an option, but I think John Vea Johnson is somebody that needs to be on the practice squad to get the extra practice reps. Does that make sense? Sure. I think he needs to be out there every single day catching passes, running routes. I don't think this is the thing where you stash him and then you know he'll be ready to go by next year, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. 
All right, let's move to the offensive line. Tyron Smith, Connor Williams, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, Joe Looney is your backup interior offensive lineman. Cam Fleming is your swing tackle. That's seven. Uh, you have Xavier Suofilo uh, as your eighth offensive lineman. Uh, Connor McGovern. Now, what about what are we going to do here? Because I think some people think he's going to go on IR. Are they going to keep him initially? What do you think is going to happen? Oh yeah, I think they. I mean, I think they goes on IR. I mean, I think. I mean, you you, you have to keep him to do that. And so you probably go long on one of these offensive linemen and then cut some guy that you feel – whoever the guy is that you feel most confident that you can get through waivers. So if they, if they cut – or if they bring nine, including McGovern, and they put him on IR after the 53, who is the next guy they bring back up? Is it probably Redmond? Because um, you would only have eight Oh, I don't have Redmond on my list, do I? No, so that's the thing is if you IR McGovern, do you do you cut Redmond see, and try to bring I, him I back? I don't wonder. See, oh man, now that I'm seeing this, I don't wonder if they don't do something with like XF, uh, XSF, Xavier Suofilo. I don't know why I'm struggling over that. Um, sure. And, and then bring like bring Redmond back. I mean, I don't know if Redmond is like. Hmm, I don't know if Redmond is like po- poaching poachable type in in these release things. I mean, we always kind of overestimate this stuff anyways, but sure. yeah, I do think that I would prefer to have Redmond on the team at some point and maybe trade Xavier Suofilo for something of value. Okay. Alright, so we're we're still pretty much on agreement there. Let's go ahead and move to the defensive line. Uh, at defensive end, we have Demarcus Lawrence, Tyrone Crawford, uh, Dorrance Armstrong. Taco Charlton has made the 53-man roster according to Jerry Jones. We'll see if he sticks there. Uh, Kerry Hyder and Joe Jackson. That is one, two, three, four, six defensive ends. And then a defensive tackle, we have Malik Collins, uh, Woods, Covington, Tristan Hill, and Daniel Wise. So that's uh, 11 defensive linemen. That seems a little high, doesn't it? I mean, well, I mean, you're going to have Quinn suspended up front. So one. Well, that would be 12, right? Well, yeah. And so one, two, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit high, but I think that's where your talent is. And, I, yeah, I mean... I, I, the, as I say, the guy that's on the bubble is Wise, right? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, Walker... It, it was Walker, now it's Wise, yeah. But I think, I mean, it, it, you may end up going... Maybe you trade one of those guys. I, I don't know, like, it, it just... Uh, you know, I think there's been talk about Taco tra- being traded as well, and maybe that happens. I, I mean, he's come, he's really come on of late. So if if people are watching that, maybe. Uh, what's the What's the least you would trade Taco for? The least. The least. Would you take like a six round pick for him? Mm, no, that's would it have to be a fifth? I, I'd like to get at least a fourth. A fifth or fourth, maybe. Yeah, maybe a it conditional. Seems like a four, I see. Four seems a little high. Fifth kind of seems like the right. Price, yeah, but right? I mean, I, I also don't have to trade him. You know what I'm saying? No, you don't. But it's, uh, it's one of those things. If you think it's close between Taco and Daniel Wise, you'll just take the fifth round pick, right? Probably. 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 Uh, let's move on to linebackers. I think it's pretty clear. Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, Sean Lee, Joe Thomas. Uh, and then you have Luke Gifford. I still think Justin March is going to make the team. Maybe they'll IR Gifford. Uh, but that's really the only difference there. Uh, and then moving on to the defensive back group, Byron Jones, Shadobi Wuzier, 
Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Donovan Alumba, and C.J. Goodwin at safety. Xavier Woods, Jeff Heath, uh, Donovan Wilson, and then Darian Thompson over the likes of Kavon Frazier and George Iloka. Uh, any thoughts on that DB group? Nope. I mean, I think... You know, it's it's a really good group. Uh, I, yeah, I feel I feel good about it. it. Was actually I thought it was really good to see Goodwin get some safety snaps. I, agree. Um, I think that's good for him and good for the team because anything that those down roster guys can do uh, is, you know, to be multiple is extremely helpful. And the only spot that I'm looking at that could potentially be uh, either or one is Thompson over Kevon Frazier. I could easily see the Cowboys keeping Frazier over Thompson, but it's just going to be. They sat Thompson last night. Which is interesting. That, that makes means you believe he's on the he's team, prob- man. Like, probably. Yeah, I mean, right. they, they, they did not sit Frazier, and they put him in the game after Wilson got hurt. So That's very interesting. I, I, yeah, I think the writing's on the wall there. And then finishing up with Chris Jones, Brett Maher, and LP. Pretty good 53-man roster. There's not a lot of you know spots we have to argue about. So I, I feel like this is one of the deeper team, deepest rosters we've had in a while, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously it's not just us saying that at this point, but uh, it's hard not to agree. I mean, if you look at you look at the team top to bottom, and it's not even just the team top to bottom. If you look at the key spots on the roster where you want your depth, uh, it, it, it's it's really, really impressive the amount of talent and, and, and how deep they, they've assembled this, this roster. It's, it, it feels like a lot of different parts of the roster are maturing all at once. I agree. I completely agree. You're seeing a lot of the guys at the bottom of the roster, guys 45 through 53, that you'd feel really, really good about if they had to enter the game. And that's, that's kind of how you know you've got a good team. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Lena at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will see you guys next time. We will be talking about the Cowboys cuts, and we will be getting ready for a regular season game. I can't wait. See you guys later. Mm-hmm.